Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to another edition of the All-American Spook Show Podcast. As always, I'm Josh, and I'm joined here with my my friends Will. What up? And my good friend, the Professor Smoke. Hey. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just this episode, we're going to do 2003's 28 Days Later. We just figured it was uh, an extremely topical, somewhat, you know, and, and you know, obviously it's an overdramatic way, but it's uh topical in the sense of everything that's going on right now across the world with this coronavirus pandemic which uh i know pretty much everywhere around the world but especially you know for us here in the united states and uh, we all live in south carolina and uh, we go back and forth to north carolina a lot you know since we live right here near charlotte um it's definitely affected our area pretty heavily um uh smoke how how has it affected you down there in uh the middle of south carolina with all this stuff going on. Uh, we have a lot of, of course, a lot of business shut down. As far as restaurants, you know, you can go to the drive through for the most, but not inside. And I'm sure it's like that pretty much everywhere. Uh, things like that. <laughs> there is a mall here, very small mall anyway, but that whole, the mall is shut down. Uh, Walmart, you know, is open, but it's limited hours. I think like, I forget what it was now, 6, 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. to like 7.30 or 7 p.m. or so, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that so a lot of a lot of stuff is shut down not everything where i work at is still functioning we're still i mean i actually had put in for vacation so i had my job is like a 12 hour rotation type thing it's you know i'm off like four days work five days whatever so i put in vacation for five days and i had five days off on one side and four days off on the other so i had like 14 days off in a row <laughs> uh the plans that we had originally put in for that vacation was to go up north to my uh, wife's uh, nephew was getting married and they had to postpone that, of course, with everything that's going on. So we canceled the plans to go up there. So hanging out at the house now for those 14 days, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, there's, nev- um, there's, never, a, now. there's never a good time for something like this. But uh, as far mm-hmm. as here in the U.S., the timing of this has been like during spring breaks, where I'm sure millions of people had like vacations planned. And, you know, and obviously that's not the end of the world. You know, you can pretty much... For the most part, you might eat a little bit of money, but I think they're kind of forgiving, you know, if you have to cancel plans for this kind of thing. So, I mean, it's not, I guess it's not the end of the world, but it's definitely horribly timed with that kind of thing. And it's had a big effect on the economy here. You're pretty much not going anywhere other than, uh, you know, your job if you're essential. 
or uh, you're working from home. Otherwise, you're just going to a grocery store or the pharmacy, and that's about it. Maybe a gas station, and that's about it. Like, you're not doing anything else. No movie theaters, no malls, no sporting events. Uh, even some of the public parks are closed and stuff. I mean, it's it's pretty much a shutdown. Like, you're just, you're just kind of hanging around and keeping to yourself and your family. Yeah, I think the most that we did was go over to my uh, dad's house last night and have dinner. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the most we've gotten out, other than you know running to Walmart for something yeah, uh, for the last week and a half or so. That's just kind of life for everybody right now. I mean, obviously we're all mm-hmm. you know we're not alone in that. I mean, everyone's being affected by this at least in some small way for sure. So from us here at the Spook Show, we hope everybody's doing well, and uh, um, hopefully we can all kick out of this sooner or later, and we can come out the other side a lot better for it. Um, I will say these days it's probably about the cleanest public places are going to be, right? <laughs> <laughs> you could probably damn near eat off the floor in some places these days you know if, if they'd let you in to do so you know obviously you wouldn't but you get what i'm saying like uh i knew we were in trouble when i saw like one of the waffle houses was closed i'm like oh god yeah you can't even go inside <laughs> a waffle house this is for real see so yeah, hopefully uh you know it's not a huge economic and uh ever you know fallout from this isn't enormous and hopefully a lot of these small businesses and and you know, all movie theaters, but especially like those those uh, those kind of locally owned movie theaters and small businesses and stuff like that. Hoping, hopefully, they can reopen. You know, like because I've heard some people say that like this might be the death of some small businesses and uh, movie theaters and restaurants and stuff because they just you know they'll, they're they're taking it so hard that they won't be able to reopen. So hopefully, uh, you know, that's not the case, and uh, a lot of these uh, small businesses can reopen here in the coming weeks and months. But uh. Otherwise, yeah, we thought we'd, you know, to kind of turn things around a little bit, although it is kind of a dire movie, we thought we'd have a little fun and watch 28 Days Later, you know, kind of have a little fun with the topic, so to speak, you know, as as far as, uh, you know, what's going on in the world compared to this. And obviously this is uh, this is uh, f- by far worst case scenario of anything that could possibly happen to the world, uh, this movie 28 Days Later. What we're dealing with is very serious and shouldn't be taken lightly, but you get what I mean, like... Well, it's not this serious, so <laughs> just kind of put it in perspective. You know, you watch a movie that, where this event has happened that's far horrible, far more—I uh, don't know the phrase—it's far worse than what we're dealing with. But it, this is one of the this is one of the better horror movies I think probably of the last twenty years or so for sure. Wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, yeah. So I guess with that, uh, you know, before we get into the background and talk about the you know the movie itself, uh, we'll go ahead and throw to the trailer for Twenty Eight Days Later from two thousand three. in the blood. 
never go anywhere alone unless you've got no choice. Hello? Only travel during daylight, unless you've got no choice. See, this is a really shit idea. You know why? This is obviously a shit idea. We have to leave now. More will be coming. They always do. All right, and that was the trailer for 28 Days Later, uh, which, of course, was directed by Danny Boyle, who, you know, is an extremely successful Oscar-winning uh, movie director. I'm not sure where this falls in the pecking order of his movies. You know, like, uh, I'd say it's pretty high, you know, as far as, like, my favorite movies that the dude has done. But, I mean, critically, I mean, like, he did 127 Hours, Slumdog Millionaire, which he uh, won a, an, an Oscar for. Uh, and he was nominated for Oscars for uh, 127 Hours. Um, but he, uh, according to IMDb, he's directed 30 movies. He'd be mostly, mostly be known for those I just named in a movie called Shallow Grave. And then my personal favorite, Train Spotting. Yes, of course. I think that's a favorite of all of ours, I would imagine. Train Spotting. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, a Lifeless Ordinarium is kind of running through the list. Uh, of course, Willie's favorite, a movie called Vacuuming Completely Nude in Paradise. Uh, <laughs> oh. Who hasn't seen that one? Ah, yes. <laughs> that old chestnut. Who hasn't done that one? No. Oh, I've seen that one. Millions, Sunshine. Yeah, Sunshine, that we mentioned that one. That, that's one I need to get back to because I saw it once when it came out. I actually own it, bought it back when it came out, but I've only seen it that one time. And then they would revisit it because I remember, kind of, remember liking it, but I think it's time to pull that one back out. He even directed uh, one of many, many versions of Frankenstein, the one from 2011 that uh, had Benedict Cumberbatch in it. The dude's done a little bit of everything, all the way up to uh, he directed the fucking Olympic opening ceremony of the Olympics in London 2012. So, <laughs> so yeah, he's he's uh, he's been over, and I, I don't I think we were talking about it before. Uh, he's he did train T2 train spotting, train spotting two, whatever the fuck the title the name of its weird name, but. Train spotting Terminator 2. 2? Yeah, it, well, it says here, listen to IMDb, it says T2, train spotting, whatever. Train spotting 2. Uh, he did that as well, and uh, uh, we were talking about that beforehand, that none of us have seen that one yet, right? <laughs> no, considering yeah. how much I do love train spotting, I don't know why I just haven't gotten around to the second one yet. Sometimes it falls that way. It's, it's yeah, random, well, you know. But, uh, apparently Smoke lost his lust for life. <laughs> <laughs> he also uh, directed a movie uh, in 2019 called Yesterday, which I don't know if you guys saw this because I actually saw it. It's uh, the pre the premise. Dude, I'm, I'm I'm about halfway through that movie. Yeah, the premise is like this guy like gets into a uh, like he's a bike courier or something, right? And he gets into an accident, and when he wakes up, he's the only one in the world that he's the only person in the world that remembers the Beatles. No one else in the world has heard of the Beatles, so like. He basically starts playing the Beatles songs as his own and becomes like, you know, the biggest artist in the world. It's a pretty good movie. Like, you know, uh, it's a bit long, but I enjoyed it. Um, so I definitely suggest checking that one out. But uh, yeah, he, Danny Boyle is, is one of the better uh, directors of the day for sure. I mean, he, he's got a full palette of different types of movies. You know, pretty much any kind of movie you like, he's probably done one of that genre, you know. so And he's kind of got a gritty style, which you see really... Uh, shows ears it uh, rears its head in 28 days later for sure, and of course train spotting. <laughs> uh, so for 28 days later, it was released 
June 27th, 2003. And uh, I, I'm not dead sure, but I'm pretty sure we went and saw this at the movie theater. Hell, I probably went with you, Willie, back in the day when it came out. Uh, but I'm, I'm almost right. yeah, I'm almost positive I went to the movie theater and saw this, and I, I enjoyed the shit out of it at the time. I think I've seen it a few times since then, so a little bit of the the shock wears off a little bit, you know, compared to that first time you watched it back then. But um, I think it still holds up pretty well. I mean, it's definitely done in that like that grainy. It's very visceral, I think, in in some ways. You know, the way it was shot and uh, put together and everything. It's a bit, it's a tad long, in my opinion. But uh, yeah. But still, I mean, it's it's still done well enough to where, like, that doesn't bug you too much, you know, so. Um, well, I was kind of surprised while I was watching this movie. You get about halfway through it, and, like, they've made it out of the city. And then, like, the second half of the movie takes place, like, in the, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, army house. Yeah. Out in, I was surprised out in the how, like, much it slowed down there. Yeah. Um, um. And I, it seems like, you know, and we'll get into that, but I, I know that uh, I've seen some criticisms about the movie in that part of it. Like, that's where it kind of loses some people, you know, yeah. when it when it goes to that place in the movie. Um, I, I think, you know, any, any uh, somewhat negative reviews I saw of it were kind of, you know, that's where it kind of lost them at. It drags a little bit there, but, and it just kind of, it doesn't feel like the rest of the movie for sure. But yeah. uh, either way, this movie is obviously rated R. Um, has a total runtime of one hour and fifty three minutes. So, like I said, it's it's a pretty long movie. Um, on IMDb, it is listed as a drama, horror, sci fi. So, I guess it has all those elements in it for sure. Did it say anything in there about male genitalia? Uh, no, but it's definitely or there. <laughs> it, it should really have a warning. <laughs> as I should, as I should. Uh, I should get in a better habit of leading off with this, but I'll, cause I always end up doing it after we start talking about it. I should say, if you've, listened, tell you. this, if you've listened this far, <laughs> this is a spoiler podcast. So everything we're going to say, like you need to stop this, go watch the movie, then come back and listen. That being said, that scene in particular, you know, where like, uh, the main character, Cillian Murphy's character, uh, uh, Jim, when he wakes up in the hospital and he's laying there butt naked, um, be, beyond the butt, butt ass, you know, dick out naked uh, <laughs> part of it, it's definitely reminiscent of uh, The Walking Dead, the beginning Walking of The Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now, if you go look at the timeline of things, this movie came out in, like I said, June twenty seventh of two thousand three. The first issue of The Walking Dead came out in October of two thousand three. And that's the comic book, not the show. Yeah, yeah, not the show. Yeah, because the show was a handful of years later, but. The first issue of the comic book was in October 2003. And it starts basically the same way where there's a little bit of something that happens and then, bam, the main character, uh, Rick Grimes, he wakes up and he's in the hospital all alone. So it's very... Naked, full yeah. on, full <laughs> front. Oh, no. He's full <laughs> hog. <laying in> the- <laughs> they were going all out for it, AMC was, in the yeah. first couple of episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's very reminiscent. So it makes you wonder if... I don't think they were. Uh, I don't think it was influenced by this movie, but hey, you never know, right? I mean, the timeline kind of jives. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it's ever. I mean, I never looked up that to see too if it was any sort of reference paid there, or if it was just total coincidence that you know, that they both opened in a hospital in a similar post-apocalyptic situation. I like. I, I lean more towards it's probably just a happy coincidence, but hey, you never mm. know. You know, like like I said, timeline-wise, it does kind of jive. Like. Robert Kirkman might have watched this movie 
<laughs> and then said, hey, that's a good idea, you know, and then maybe as an, an homage, maybe not like as a straight rip, but as an homage to this, you know, at the time, because this was yeah. definitely a popular movie at the time, for sure, you know, like, oh, yeah. this was one of those and one, that, and ones that kind of rejuvenated. also has its own nods to, well, I know when we get there later, mm-hmm. it has some nods to some other movies itself. Uh, th- this is definitely an homage to you know Night of the Living Dead and uh, the horror or the zombie genre for sure, but mm. you know and we can get into that debate. This isn't a zombie movie, like. True. Do we agree or disagree <laughs> on that? I mean, I guess we can go ahead and get into it if you want. What do you guys think? I, I I mean, my personal thing on it was that it's it's not technically a zombie movie because they're not dead, mm-hmm. but it, it uses the conventions of a zombie film premise. Some of them, not all of them. Yeah. So it feels like a zombie movie without actually being one is where I kind of describe it, I guess. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, like, I think I've said this before, like, to me, like, one of the main comparisons, however you want to, you know, to to be in that genre, so to speak, would be like, it had to be a reanimated dead, right? Like, that's kind of the definition yeah. of zombie, I would think That would right? be the number one. They'd have to be dead. Yeah, <laughs> they'd know, have yeah, to be dead and dead. then reanimated, you know, come back to life. So, like, or mm-hmm. some version of life, right? So, like, I don't think that's what's happening here, though. This is like a virus. As soon as it gets in you, and it's called rage, you just go fucking crazy, and like it seems like your only purpose in life is to give rage to others. <laughs> that's that's like all you that's all you're yeah. left here for. But one bullet and you're dead, right? I mean, they could put a bullet in your head and you're yeah, dead. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. whereas a zombie, I don't you know, think you have they're to... superhuman strength or anything. I mean, they just have strength in numbers, like you know, like any group of humans would. And they're yeah, yeah and the thing makes them rage. So I guess yeah, maybe they got an adrenaline boost from whatever. I would say it's yeah. I would say that's probably more what it is, is an adrenaline boost as opposed to, you know, dead ra- or dead uh, power, superpower, or whatever the hell, you know. Like, yeah. it's, it's just different. So, I, and, and it seems like I've, I've heard this kind of uh, debate over the years about this movie. Like, and it seems like, and I could be wrong, you know, anyone feel free to point it out, but I think I saw somewhere years ago that Romero, George Romero, was uh, a little... Uh, um, I wouldn't say he hated the movie or whatever, but I think he had some criticisms, you know, for the fact that like zombies don't run around, you know, like yeah, yeah, his zombies <laughs> are slow and lumbering and shuffle their feet. They don't run at you, you know, like so. I think that was one of his. Yeah, criticisms. that was the big thing with that movie was that you know running zombies versus slow zombies. But the whole thing is that they're well, they're not zombies. They aren't. They've never been dead, so it's not really a. <laughs> it's not really a debate there because. They just gotten contaminated or in, infected or whatever with this thing, caused them to do that, and then they can run because well they're not they're still just human, they're not dead. Yeah. Well, what what in the uh, crazies? Didn't didn't they have like you yeah know, you know, they had the effect of people, but they ran right. Yeah. So I guess yeah, they, that would that be a little bit one. more of a direct, like line correlation with this movie. Yeah. yeah. Now, are you comparing the the original or the the remake when you're talking about because. I don't remember. I mean, Smoke, you probably more uh, better to say to speak on the differences there, right? Like, do they in the original, do they run around? Because I'm I'm not recalling. Yeah, in the original, the crazies. It's been a while since I've seen it either, uh-huh. and I can't remember how they reacted in that one. I just remember it is similar though, as far as it being a that, that. Now that you mentioned that, that was one of the movies I was thinking about mentioning before we we, we got to this one. Twenty eight days later. For doing it this time, whatever yeah, yeah, it was crazy, the, the, the remake anyway, because it wouldn't have fallen, you know, the old one wouldn't have fallen yeah. within the, the criteria of doing the new movie right now. Uh, and I've seen both movies, but it's been a while since I've seen either of them, and it's been even longer time since I've seen the original Romero one. So I can't remember if they run or not in that one right now. I think we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I, 
I'm pretty sure the last time I went and I saw the crazies, the Romero's, you know, the original was when we went mm-hmm. to uh, see it where George Romero was actually there and did like a Q and A or whatever. Okay, yeah, that's, that's I remember that was <laughs> I remember being pissed about that because that was shortly after I left Charlotte when that happened. Yeah, damn. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Will, you went with me. We we saw that one in yeah. the original Dawn of the Dead and the Crazies. It was like crazies a double bill with uh, Romero was there. Like I said, I think we've talked about that in the past episode. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but, I, but that was a long that was a while back. So it's been. God Almighty, that's probably knocking on 15 years ago, give or take. So it's or at least it's well over 10 been at years least ago. That or longer for me too. So yeah, so it's been a while, so I can't yeah. remember. But the Crazies probably is a more fair comparison to this than say Neither Living Neither. Dead or something like that, right? Because of the infection thing and all that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, and I don't see the debate over the running. Me personally, when it comes to actual zombie movies, when you have running versus slow-moving zombies dawn of the dead remake is a is a prime example of that where they changed it to where the, the, the zombies run and i think it was just to make it different to make it more of a what do you call it more of a tension builder you know because they're they're coming after you fast but for me I, i've always been a slow-moving zombie guy yeah <laughs> when it comes to actual zombie movie not and i actually like the dawn of the dead remake but i just prefer the slow shambling dead there's something about that that's eerier and creepier than me and the running zombies, I guess. They run in that new one, right? The, the one you're talking the Dawn of the Dead remake. Don't they kind of come at you yeah. and run? Yeah. Yeah, that one they do. That one, I think they took a little bit of influence from 28 Days Later as far as the way the zombies react in that movie. They took from the way the infected kind of react in 28 Days Later. And Dawn of, that remake of Dawn of the Dead came out, like, not too long after that. No, no, I think it yeah, was. I think it was two thousand. No, it was. Hold on, I got it right here. That. Came, oh wait, no, that's right. It might that came out March March nineteenth of two thousand four. So it was less than a year. Oh, okay. Yeah, less than a year after Twenty Eight Days Later came out was the yeah. Dawn of the Dead remake. Okay. So, so I guess yeah, that you, probably you, did take some influence from that movie. Then. You kind of have twenty. The, you kind of have Twenty Eight Days Later, and then the remake of Dawn of the Dead to kind of thank, I believe, in some ways for this kind of resurgence over the last ten fifteen years of the zombie genre. I mean, cause these mm. movies came out and did well and kind of, you know, propped it the up. The only thing do... I can think of before that would have been resident evil games. Cause there was a, that definitely yeah. resuscitated zombies for a while. Yeah. Especially within the video gaming industry. And then hell, even Romero himself was, I think attached to direct, uh, the first resident evil movie at one time. And then that fell through for whatever reason I forget now, but, and then beyond that, I think it was a, yeah, then, then, then you have 28 days later and Dawn of the dead remake. And then, course walking dead and just zombies were oversaturated by that point <laughs> you know as far as some of the you know the weaker zombie movies that would follow you know yeah everybody as soon as you got something popular out like that you got all the the knockoff movies that come and they inundate the market so at one point you could hardly find zombies and then they were everywhere uh this movie was obviously filmed in uh england which they, they definitely do a, a really good job of uh using the uh the city and the, the the landscape and everything in this movie to really bring it home, like man, some some big time shit has gone down here. It'd be interesting to to do a deeper dive into like uh, how they shot some of that. I mean, considering like they're all over London, like with empty streets and stuff like that, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, right there in the. And I think I do remember. I got a DVD of it. I don't remember if that this DVD I have now has both twenty eight days later and twenty eight twenty eight weeks later on the same set, so I don't remember if this one has special features. But I do remember watching something about that, about the shooting of those street scenes in London and and how they, yeah. they had to shut some stuff down, right? For that, definitely. Yeah, obviously. what what I was reading was uh, uh, they they shot a lot of it like on a Sunday morning between seven and nine, and police had to 
kind of gradually like let traffic through. Uh, they they used about ten cameras and was able to get about one minute of usable footage. Wow. Well, however they went about it, man. I mean, they did a great job it, with it. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that one minute they edited it right to where it felt. I mean, you could you get the sense that this place is abandoned. I mean, <laughs> set dressing was perfect too with the overturned cars here. There's garbage everywhere. Although there, there is the criticism to be made, at least in my mind, of like, if something like this were to really happen, would everything be so clean and empty like that? You know, like, for the well, most... one thing I know that there wouldn't have been those grocery stores that they go into <laughs> that were perfectly well-stocked still. Those things would have been mm-hmm. ransacked. Oh, yeah, especially that, 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 especially that one in particular going. when they have, like, the shopping, the, the yeah, supermarket yeah. sweep. <laughs> Shopping spree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, that, I mean there, probably, there would not have been a bunch of those. Like, I seriously no. doubt there would have been some open, I mean, unopened Pepsi cans laying around that Pepsi machine either. Those would have been gone a long time ago, too, because it's because that guy mentioned, you know, we'll get to it, that it hasn't rained since this happened either, you know. And, and, now, we, and now we can <laughs> speak for sure that this is bullshit because we know the toilet paper would be gone. Yes, <laughs> yeah. We, we know this movie's straight bullshit now. We've <laughs> we've had a small taste. <laughs> You can well, I think pre- as far as like stuff being stocked up, I mean, I, I think that kind of speaks to the way that this this uh, infection travels, though. True, like, it's very it's not fast, like slow moving thing. You yeah, know? you're it's right. Like you turn within like ten seconds, it seems. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's very fast, and they did like he picks up like a newspaper or something, and it says evacuation or something like yeah. that. They evacuated the city, so I guess that's you know. But you'd think there'd be more laying around. That's all I'm saying. You know, like yeah, and this and this. Like you said, it spreads so fast, they wouldn't be able to contain it. There'd be bodies and and these people infected with this shit just running around everywhere. You yeah. wouldn't be able to contain it, you know? So, like, it'd be a fucking mess. And and they evacuate the city. All right, where'd they all go? I mean, that means there's some place where all these things went, right? <laughs> or all these people <laughs> went. So, I don't know. It's just that part of it, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know. You know, I think it'd be a little more messier and there'd be more bodies and people laying around with this fast acting infection this virus you know but whatever oh yeah yeah that's true you would you would think there would definitely would have been corpses laying around because yeah. i mean they, they aren't they're easy to kill you don't have to it's not like zombies where you got to shoot them in the head you know a romero yeah, style zombie you kill them any way you do any other human yeah so i mean there'd be there'd be bodies everywhere and like i said it's such a small amount of time too this is only 28 days later right this is only a month so mm-hmm. or a little less than a month so uh, they wouldn't even have time to have d- disposed of any of these bodies or anything. <laughs> so they'd just be like, kill. It'd just be mass chaos. Just, just kill them because they're infected. And they'd just be laying everywhere. You know, it'd be a fucking mess. But, you know, that's if that's all the only nit you can pick, then so be it. You know, that's yeah. otherwise. But, yeah, it, it definitely looks great, though, the way it just the abandoned, London abandoned right there in the heart of London. So yeah, it's it crazy. Is a striking image. And uh, later on in the movie, when they go to uh, Manchester and it's burning, you see it off in yeah. the distance. You know, like the, yep. the, the it just caught on fire and there's no one there to stop it, so the whole fucking city's <laughs> burning. Burning. That once again, that'd be that'd be realistic. You know, that'd be the way it would go for sure. It looks like the budget for this movie was give or take about eight million dollars, but it ended up grossing about eighty, eighty-two, almost eighty-three million dollars. 82.7, so it did very well. It opened up number four that, that weekend that it opened. Um, here, I'll give you the top ten that particular weekend. It got smoked by another new picture opening up that week at number one, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Then number two was Hulk, the second week of Hulk. Remember the first one with uh, Eric Bana? 
and uh you know the one that people like to forget happened the the first hulk movie <laughs> oh yeah that's the the one i can't remember the director who's the director's name oh shoot ang lee right ang, ang lee ang lee yep yep yeah. yes ang lee's hulk yep the fifth week uh, at number 3 of finding nemo uh then at number 4 that week was 28 days later and it made a little over 10 million dollars opening weekend um, which it made all of its budget back in a little a little extra right there in the first week. So, you know, I'm sure they were happy about that. Um, number five, Too Fast, Too Furious. Now, there's been 45 Fast and Furious movies since then. <laughs> yeah. So this yeah. was the second Including one. the one that's delayed because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. It was number five that week. Number six that week was another huge blockbuster, Bruce Almighty, the Jim Carrey movie. Um, it was in its sixth week, and at that point it made $221 million. So it was, without question, a, a fucking hit. Uh, number seven that week that week was the Italian Job. Number eight, Rugrats Go Wild. Number nine, Hollywood Homicide. And then number ten, Alex and Emma. You got me on that one. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Not much uh, horror unless uh, Rugrats Go Wild qualifies. <laughs> uh, I actually was surprised to hear that that was Rugrats movie was that year. You know that it was still that late. Yeah. Know, <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes your uh, your timeline view of things gets you know yeah. thrown off. You're like, wow, really? <laughs> <laughs> Even that. Uh, I'll go a little bit further down the list. Dumb and Dumberer when Harry met Lloyd. <laughs> that was like Jesus. the one that didn't have anything to do with Jim Carrey, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Total different actors. <laughs> uh, it was like a prequel. X Men Two was still out. It was obviously about to fall off the list, though. It was at number 15. One of Willie's favorite movies, From Justin to Kelly, that was that was still out. Uh, Yay! And bend, and bend It Like Beckham. There's another one. Um, I'm just trying to I'm look down through here to see if there's any other horror. Okay, the, uh, the first Wrong Turn movie. Oh, okay. That was that was still playing at the time. That's about all I'm seeing right away. So I guess it was one of the, another one of those little dry period horror movies. You know, not a lot playing all at once. But it's, it, this was the summer, you know, the middle of the summer here. So the big mm. blockbusters were playing, like Charlie's Angels and Hulk and Finding Nemo and all that stuff. So horror usually doesn't play too big that time of year, really. Yeah, they kind of save it for the fall or the beginning of the year or midpoint yeah. to the end. Uh, but, yeah, it, it did end up grossing $82.7 million. So it's a success, you know, no doubt about that, which uh, obviously led to them making another one uh, eventually 28 weeks later. Came out in uh, 2007, like basically around May of uh, 2007. So it, it only took them a few years, and that one wasn't as successful. It made $65 million, so it's still pretty good, just not as successful as the first, um, which I'm sure... Uh, I actually we'll, haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> I mean, I, I bought the disc that it came on. I think I'd started watching it at one point way back when, and I don't know why I just never got back to it. It's not that I just hated or anything i just never got to finish it if i recall that was another one that i went to the movie theater and saw when it came out because i like 28 days later so much but yeah. if i recall uh it was pretty good just you know not quite as good as this one but now, was still, it danny boyle though right it was somebody else or was it danny boyle uh, I, I don't hold on i can look it up real quick i don't think so but i could be pretty wrong. sure it was somebody else right juan carlos friend friz bendejo <laughs> Juan Carlos Fresnadillo. <laughs> and that one follows a different set of people and everything from the first one. But uh, it's it's if I recall, it's still pretty good. It's just not quite as good as as 28 Days Later. But um, I, do, I remember hearing them talk about it. I don't know if this was just speculation or whatever, or if they actually had planned on doing it, but like a 28 years later <laughs> as well. 
Yeah, I mean, they could. I mean, like, you know, they did 28 days, 28 weeks. You could technically do at least a couple more, right? Do like 28 months. Months. And then do and 28 years. Or maybe years. it was yeah, months and then years. I guess. Yeah. Or that was the, the initial plan, but it might be that, well, 28 weeks later, later didn't do as well as they thought. The box office probably killed it right there. Yeah. Although, like I said. the prequel 28 minutes later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All it is is him lying there naked and he just doesn't get up or anything. <laughs> and it ends up. And then, no, that's when they do 28 seconds later where it's just a shot of him <laughs> butt naked laying there and then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the prequel. It's a short film, you know. The actual yeah. release and everything. Well, let's face You get down to that point, that's about all we'd want to see of it, anyways. You know, all right, I don't I'm, know. You can speak for yourself. I'm done. <laughs> uh, nothing to say to that. No, no clever response to dig me out of this hole that I've clearly found myself no, in. No, no, get you no. What? That's no. it. You know what? I retire. Oh. I quit. Uh, <laughs> Well, that's it for the All-American Spook Show. Hope you had fun, assholes. Peace. <laughs> so, yeah, this one, uh, like we, we went into it, it's directed by Danny Boyle, and it's written by uh, Alex Garland, who, uh, based on IMDb, is known for uh, Ex Machina, or he's the writer of Ex Machina, Annihilation, you know, that came out a couple years ago. Mm. And, yep. uh, I like that one. He, never, he wrote a movie called Never Let Me Go back in 2010. So uh, he's had a little bit of success for sure. I definitely liked uh, Annihilation, although that movie's weird as shit. Yeah, I, lo- I like that one a lot too. And Ex Machina, I've heard I've heard a lot about, but just never and I bought it. Again, it's another one of those that we own, but I haven't gotten around to watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. Like, well, I didn't buy it, but like I, I've never seen it, but I've I've seen it around like it's a thing. You know, like I need to get to what get to that, and I haven't watched it yet. Back to Twenty Eight Days Later, it stars Cillian Murphy as Jim. He's the main character of the movie. He's probably also the most well-known. He's best known for this. Uh, he was in Inception, uh, the movie Red Eye. Uh, he plays the Scarecrow in The Dark Knight. So needless to say, he's had uh, quite a good run. And, he, you know, he's basically started in the late 90s. Cold Mountain, uh, Batman Begins. Once again, he's uh, the Scarecrow, Dr. Jonathan Crane in that. And then eventually he's in The Dark Knight with the same character. Uh, Sunshine, Inception. Which he's he's one of many in that movie. I mean that that's a awesome movie right there. I haven't seen it yeah, in a while. But I need to go back and one of my favorite movies right there. Yeah, I'd say that that'd make a lot of people's list. That's that's a damn good movie. See, he was also in The Dark Knight Rises, so uh, he played the Scarecrow in all three of those movies. Transcendence, Anthropoid, Anthropod. I don't know how the hell you, I've never heard of that one, but it sounds like something that'd be in our wheelhouse. <laughs> um, yeah. Was that before? Is that you going? That's before. Uh, no, no. This later? is a year okay. later. This okay. is 2016. Something oh, called Anthropoid or oh, Anthropod, okay. something like that. Um, he was also in Dunkirk, so he's clearly got a connection with uh, Christopher Nolan there because he's been in a handful of oh yeah, handful of his movies, and he's also currently, or more currently, in a a, a Quiet Place Part Two, which I think that was one of the movies that got postponed due to the yes, COVID nineteen, right? Yeah. yeah. So eventually we'll all get to see him in that, but uh, he he played he's got a big part in that one. So he's definitely been around the block, and I'd say without question probably the biggest star in this movie. It well, also well, kind of like uh, parlay off of that. Uh, he actually wasn't the first guy picked for this movie. Uh, uh, Ewan McGregor was actually supposed to play Jim. Hmm. I, uh, I mean, he's and, a great actor. He would have done a good job with it too. Yeah. And uh, there's that Danny Boyle connection. Yep. From, yeah, him and, well, him and Danny Boyle had a falling out over the movie mm-hmm. The Beach. 
and McGregor was replaced by Leonardo DiCaprio. For for 28 Days Later? Or The Beach? For The Beach. Okay, yeah, okay. And then, let's see. He was in Train Spotting too, right, though, right? You and McGregor? Didn't he... Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they've they've worked Since, out their differences. Yeah, okay, yeah. And then it says uh, after after that didn't work out. The role was offered to Ryan Gosling, who had a scheduling conflict. You talking about? I can't, about, I just, can't make out. You talking about yeah, the role of Jim? I can't make out right? whether it is the beach or Twenty Eight Days Later. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> it makes more sense for the beach as opposed to uh, Twenty Eight Days Later. But whatever. I mean, I guess it could. Yeah. Once again, another good actor, so either way, it would have been fine. It also stars Naomi Harris as Selena. She's the girl that uh, finds him in the city and helps him out. She is best known for this and uh, the movie Moonlight, which I believe won like Best Picture. I know it won some Oscars a couple years ago. Um, Skyfall. She's uh, in a, one of the Bond movies. Uh, and another movie called Collateral Beauty Madeline. Never heard of that one, but I guess it has some acclaim. Southpaw number of other things. A couple, or one of the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, Miami Vice, that movie. So, I mean, she's been around. Plenty of TV shows, and she's been at it since the 80s, believe it or not. Mm. Uh, she was in a TV series called Simon and the Witch in 1987. <laughs> so, she's been at it for a while. She, I'm, I'm assuming she must have been pretty young doing that uh, back then. Cause, uh, yeah, when yeah, a kid back then. It must have been, because, I mean, she doesn't look very old to me. I, I don't have her age here, but, yeah. Brendan Gleeson as Frank. He's the uh, dad of the uh, girl named Hannah that they come across and kind of, you know, they're with them through the rest of the movie. They find each other in the city, and they're there through the rest of the movie. Um, he's best known. He's been in a ton of TV shows and movies, but he's best known of uh, a movie called The Guard, a uh, movie called Cavalry, uh, In Bruges, Cold Mountain. According to IMDb, he has 101 credits. So, I mean, he's been in a a ton of things going all the way back to uh, TV movies in the uh, late 80s and early 90s. So, he was in some of the Harry two. Potter movies. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Far and Away. Yeah, just... As was Warwick Davis from the last episode of uh, Leprechaun <laughs> in yeah. uh, Harry Potter movie. Well, in... Yeah, Harry Potter movies. He was a bank, one of the bankers in Green Gotcha. Uh, so two double connection. <laughs> the old connect, the old uh, Leprechaun connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that should be our new bit. Trying to find all connections to <laughs> Leprechaun. <laughs> six degrees. The new of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, six degrees. Six of degrees leprechaun. of Leprechaun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, look, there's what what we say eight of those movies, so it shouldn't be too hard to uh, yeah, yeah, make some connection vast. to one of those fucking movies. It also stars Christopher Eccleston as Major Henry West. He's the uh, the leader of oh, the uh, army. Yeah, yes. <laughs> the army. Group. I didn't look it up to see who all these people were in there, but I. I you know how somebody pops in your head and you're like, you can't figure out, like, what the hell do I know him from? I, did, I guess because he was younger or something, I don't know, but because he was Doctor Who. and uh, mm -hmm. The Doctor and whenever that came back, the first, uh, the new Doctor yeah, Who season. Yeah, the, the, the new rebirth of the uh, Doctor Who, yeah. the, the new series from uh, yeah. 2005. Um, he plays the Doctor <laughs> only in that first season and then bails out. Um, yeah. You'd also know him from uh, everyone's favorite Marvel movie, Thor 2, The Dark World. <laughs> <laughs> He's Malekith in that movie, which that has to be like the uh, between uh, Thor two and Iron Man three, like the two movie, th the two Marvel movies that everybody shits on. <laughs> you know, when you see any list or anyone say like, you know, well, everybody loves Marvel movies, but what's the worst? 
Thor 2 and Iron Man 3 are always on that list. And I've seen some things about him and Doctor Who, like, uh, apparently he wanted to keep doing it, but, like, they were having creative differences or something, so that's why they they changed up and had, uh, you know, they changed, took him away from the Doctor after one season and all that. Yeah. It was a whole thing. He was a good one, too. I, I liked his, his season of the Doctor. I liked, he was, you know, he's, like, the, fir- the first of the, like, sort of, you know, brass balls doctors, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, no, he's just... Kind of like a, you could liken them to Captain Kirk in Star Trek versus you know Picard. So. Yeah, just as an actor, yeah, he has wrong. a serious he has a serious edge to him. You know, like kind of a mm-hmm. this dude might lose his mind and kill somebody kind of edge to him. <laughs> so like, yeah, it would have been interesting to see how that would have played out after you know a few seasons of him playing the Doctor. Um, yeah, and that's been our Doctor Who minute here on the All American Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> But he's been in a ton of things. Like, he was in the remake of Gone in 60 Seconds, you know, from back from 2000. Um, he was in The Others. Tons of stuff. TV movies, TV shows, you know, just random things. That uh, I didn't even know. I see this. The League of, well, The League of Gentlemen. Okay, I was thinking of The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> League of Extraordinary Yeah, there was a, it's because it's a TV series. I never heard of it. I was like, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen had a TV show. <laughs> so, yeah, that, those were what you would know. Those are probably the best known you know, higher-build higher actors in this movie. There's a few other faces you might recognize from other things, but those are the main ones. And, of course, uh, the the uh, teenage girl, Hannah, is played by Megan Burns. This is probably about the only thing you'd know her from, honestly, because she's only got... Good Lord. Yeah, this would be the only thing you know her from because she only has three acting credits. Some movie called Liam, when she was a little younger, 28 Days Later, and then a short film called Intruders. That's it. So apparently she must have uh, found something better to do with her time after <laughs> making 28 Days Later. I thought she, you know, she, she's not, she's not uh, really great in this movie, but she's, you know, she's fine, you know. So <laughs> you would think that uh, she would have found something else. Oh uh, yeah, other yeah. Ro- roles, but apparently not. So Will, um, this obviously isn't the first time you saw it. Can you go back? Like, what were your initial reactions when you went and saw it? Uh, I remember enjoying it, but. Yeah, this one was so long ago. Like I, I remember enjoying it, but that's really about it. Did you say y'all saw it? Y'all both saw it in the theater, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I did, and and, uh, and there's a good chance me and him probably saw it, saw it together. together. I mean, we had back then we'd go see just about everything all the time, so there's a good chance we saw it together. But uh, yeah, we. Uh, I know I, I can speak for myself. I definitely saw it in the theater. Yeah, I think I was actually. Oh, that what year was it? It said this came out in uh, June of 2003. Yeah, no, 2003. 2003, okay. So, yeah, I was there at the station, still working up there at uh, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd already been there since 99. Yeah, so I was there. Uh, and I did see it in the theater, too, back then. And uh, I, mean, I remember liking it. And then, of course, whenever Walking Dead came out, that correlation, I put that together right there. Like, oh, wait, this seems very familiar, you know, as far as when that comic came out. I didn't buy Walking Dead issue by issue you know i bought the i think the trade paperback the first trade paperback collected the first few issues of when i first got into it i guess and uh i remember re- reading that part of it i'm like damn this is straight up like 28 days later right here i mean of course it goes off on its own and then uh when i was watching it this time around i watched it me and my wife watched it and this is the first time she saw it and she said something that was kind of like made sense to me is like she goes I, you know i would have liked this movie even more had i seen it back when it first came out Meaning that Walking Dead, not that it you know it correlates directly with Walking Dead, but when Walking Dead came out and that whole glut of other zombie movies that followed suit, 
some good, some, you know, a lot of bad ones, whatever. There's a lot in there that where it could kind of lessen the impact of this movie, I guess you could say. For sure. So how, how in it's the world, been a long I mean, time since I've seen it. How in and the I world can see where is, it's coming uh, from with that, even though I still love it, you know. How in the world is, uh, knowing that your wife loves these kinds of kinds of movies, how in the world has she gone this long without <laughs> seeing this one? It's just, yeah, I know. This is one of those things where it just ended up happening that way. There's a, there's a few, or there's some, or there's probably a lot like that for me too, as far as, I can't remember what it was we were talking about. We were talking about one of them. Like, y'all couldn't believe I hadn't seen that one either. I don't remember what it was now in one of the earlier episodes we were talking about it. <laughs> but yeah, this is just one of those ones that skate, just got by her. And, I mean, she knew about it, but just never got around to watching it until now <laughs> not not to say this is star wars but it's almost like saying like you haven't seen star wars what you know <laughs> when you love this kind of movie you think this would be one of those ones you know that you would have yeah. came across at some point in the last uh 17 years or however long it's been <laughs> i guess sometimes it happens like that though it is well it's like yeah. yeah i'll watch that eventually and then you know back burner back burner and then all of a sudden it's 50 yeah, years later yeah but uh but yeah i can see, i get the point completely like if i if i had not seen this until now i could see it being that way like okay i've kind of first of all i've seen this opening i've seen it in walking dead you know i've seen some of the other say the running zombie even though they're not zombies technically but i mean you got the dawn of the dead remake it came out afterwards and all the things in between so yeah i could see how it would lessen the impact of it and it kind of did for me watching it this time around i i just when she mentioned that, I saw where she was coming from. I just didn't put it in words until she'd said that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's probably what, kind of what it is. It's not that I like it any less than I liked it before, but a lot of stuff has come out since that makes uh, some of the scenes seem not as impactful, I guess, as they were when you first see them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can think of a direct comparison to the point you're making of uh, what we've done here on the Spook Show. A handful of episodes back at Christmas when we did Black Christmas, uh, Will, mm-hmm. you pretty much said the same thing about that movie, right? Like, you could see the yeah, comparisons. Yeah. Like, you would have probably enjoyed it more if you'd have seen it before all these other ones, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, there there were so many, like, you know, like, straight lines to, uh, like, Scream. I know what you did last summer. Oh, yeah. and all, you know, all those type of movies. But since I had seen all those, then going back and watching that movie, like, it's kind of hard to, you know, like, take it from uh, it being, like, the originator of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I've already seen all these and probably to a much gorier uh, scale. Um, they, uh, I'm just looking at something here, you know, while you, you guys were chatting on that. This movie come out kind of, uh, like we said, reinvigorated the zombie genre. This helped, you know, along with Dawn of the Dead, the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Um, as well, it says here on Wikipedia, as well as increasing the popularity of fast-moving zombies, um, such as uh, Dan O'Bannon's The Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> Yeah, see, yeah, I was going to mention that but we started talking about something else, that people were complaining about running zombies and everything, and, and me personally, too, I'm, I'm more of a slow-moving zombie kind of guy as far as, I, don't, I bet I don't hate on fast-moving zombies, but people seem to forget to mention that Return of the Living Dead had running zombies in it. I mean, they didn't always run, but, but a lot of the scenes they did, you remember, they tackled those guys, you know, yeah. like paramedics or whatever, yeah. <laughs> and stuff. So. Like, ta- even That's tar- the first movie I could think of with running zombies. Even Tar Man. Yeah, yeah. More yeah. brains. And then he like And runs. nobody said anything about it back then either, though. There was no big deal. Like, oh, these zombies are running, whereas, you know, in Night of Living Dead, Dawn Dead, and Day of the Dead, they're it's you know, a, not running. There was see, no debate. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously these things are kind of opinion, but it says uh, Return of the Living Dead featured the first example of quote unquote fast zombies in cinema. The concept was largely neglected in media until after the release of 28 Days Later. 
So I guess you mm-hmm. can kind of say it almost like legitimize the fast zombie, uh, you know, idea, you know, or mm-hmm. however you want to yeah. put it, which is kind of interesting. But yeah, it just goes back to what we were saying. Like, you know, that's just all kind of in like how you like your uh, genre, right? Yep. And I even think I, I can remember one that might, I'm have to look into this. I think there's one that's even before Return of the Living Dead that featured fast moving zombies. And actually they may have been contaminated technically and not been zombies. Uh, the, the City of the Walking Dead was the VHS title I remember back in the day. There was Nightmare City. I think Nightmare City is the the new DVD release title. And it was an Italian zombie movie from like early 80s or sometime before Return of the Living Dead, 83 maybe. Pin that, we're going to put a pin in that one to look that up because I'm pretty sure that had running zombies and they may have actually not been zombies and been infected with a virus as well. So. Hmm. Um, One last little thing I see here on Wikipedia. It says, in a 2017 poll of 150 actors, directors, writers, producers, and critics for Time Out magazine, they ranked this movie the 97th best British film ever made. So that's pretty pretty high acclaim for, you know, this type of movie. But, uh... Uh, that's that's pretty uh impressive for sure and they they make such a good use of the landscape and everything you know like it's very british for oh, sure yeah. you know yeah. um, and the cinematography is just awesome too just i mean it's danny boyle so i mean kind of expect that but i mean just and the, the contrast from the soundtrack the, too, that man. One scene. the soundtrack yeah yeah exactly yep uh especially but, in I mean, the, that, especially that, in the last 10 or 15 minutes of the movie where that's uh um, well, maybe like the last 10 minutes or so where it's really like that soundtrack really ramps it up, man. Like if you're paying attention to it, oh yeah, <laughs> like the move, the, the music starts down here and goes way up here, you know, like it ratchets up the mood of everything slowly as you're building, you know, almost t- to a crescendo of what happens there towards the end. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's just wonderfully done. That's kind of like, like almost like sound design. Yeah. Mixed with the soundtrack itself. Yeah. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Um, you go sign up, do the 30-day free trial. Uh, they give you like a credit. You can go pick any uh, audiobook you want. That book's yours. You get to keep it, even if you cancel it right after that or you know at the end of the 30 days. Um, that one book that you get is yours to keep for free. So it's a pretty sweet deal. Um, right now, you know, I'm just looking at like the, some of the top books in the sci-fi fantasy category. You've got, uh, The Stand by Stephen King. Of course, that's probably that high because of what's going on right now in the world. Um, <laughs> The Chronicles of Narnia adult box set. I, I don't know what the hell, I don't, I can't explain that one, but whatever. The Fellowship of the Ring, you know, of course, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's, uh, classic. Uh, The Last Wish by Andre Sapakowski. I don't know, Dune by Frank Herbert. Uh, once again, kind of timely, I guess, in a way. 1984 by George Orwell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some of these are kind of random. It's, it's funny. But uh, The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker Expanded Edition by Ray Carson. I think that's like basically the novelization of uh, the latest Star Wars the Rise, uh, movie, The Rise of Skywalker, where it kind of explains things a little deeper than, say, like, you know, the movie does, you know, where it's actually telling you what's going on. Smoke Bitten by Patricia Briggs. So that's a favorite of Professor Smoke there. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, a handful of others. So you know, you'll definitely enjoy checking it out. Um, and, you know, it's audio books. So some of them, you know, especially like we've, we've pointed out before, like the Star Wars books have like 
sound effects and stuff. That that's I don't think that's fairly common with a lot of audio books, but still pretty cool little thing with the Star Wars books and um I think the Stephen King books are always pretty good. Like, you know, they're they're narrated well. Um so yeah, go check that out and uh get your free download your free audiobook today to go so you want to go to audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bookshow for your free audio book. It's intermission, it's intermission. It's intermission, it's intermission. Ice cream candy lemonade too. And there's a hot dog waiting for you. The popcorn's popping and it's ready to go. You know all the great food is still in the show. Get up out your seat and get yourself a tasty treat down at the snack bar. Alright guys, so I guess with all the uh all the money making out of the way, we can get into the, the actual movie itself, 28 Days Later. Um, so it begins with a video of riots, like you see riots going on all over the world, and they're being played on TVs. And then it pulls back, you realize it's like this monkey tied down to a table with like a, you know, like a little uh, cap on its head or whatever, and it, they're like forcing it to watch all these uh, horrible images. And it's at a place called the Cambridge Primate Research Center. Um, then some, uh, animal activists break in to, I guess, to, to get pictures of the monkeys and to free them or whatever. Then a scientist comes in and they grab a hold of them and he's like, look, you can't, you can't let these, uh, monkeys loose or don't mess with them because they're infected with a highly contagious virus called rage. And they're basically, yeah, fuck off. And, uh, of course, uh, the, the girl that's with them, she opens up a cage and as soon as she does, like, one jumps out and, uh you know, uh, starts attacking her, and it's like, uh, it's uh, saliva or blood or whatever is getting all over the woman, and then she gets it. Bam. Just like that, uh, the virus rages loose. Um, then it, then it says on the screen, 28 days later. Uh, then you're introduced to Jim, the main character, who wakes up butt-ass naked, which we referred to a couple times already. (laughs) He's, he's a hog in the wind. (laughs) (laughs) Multiple times. <laughs> he's just laying there and he wakes up and like and doesn't realize what the fuck's going on and, and he realizes he's in a hospital completely alone. Then he leaves the hospital and he puts some clothes on, grabs like a couple cans of soda or whatever and some snacks and uh, leaves the hospital and then like he's looking around and London is completely empty. And there's like a long, there's a long scene, you know, cut scene, or not cut scene, but a long scene here of him just walking through random parts of London that are just, fucking empty no one's around um which like we referred to is beautifully shot and edited together like uh uh really really well done um then he goes inside of a church and on the wall like as he's walking into the church and past it (laughs) it says the end is extremely fucking nigh (laughs) like written in blood or something on the wall inside the church um he goes into like the main sanctuary of the church and he sees like there's probably at least, what, 50 to 100 bodies just kind of laying around in the, in the sanctuary of the church. And he's just kind of standing there looking at it, and he says, Hello! And then all of a sudden, like, two or three of them stand up and look at him like, huh, You know, <laughs> like he's... With he's, the most peculiar face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, almost a zombie-ish look. <laughs> then uh, he, you just hear, like, someone running. Like, you can hear steps. Boom, 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 coming up. Because he's at the top of the sanctuary. And then the doors fly open, and there's a priest like acting all wacky and kind of, you know, the, the way they all kind of uh, quickly move and gyrate and stuff in this. In yeah. This kind of like j- jittery. Sort yeah. Of? Like, yeah. It's, you know, it's, like they can't, you know, 
move fluidly. It's like yeah, yeah, like it's just it's almost like something else is controlling them, kind of. So they're kind of, yeah. you know, quick movements and stuff. Uh, and he comes running at the priest comes running at Jim, and uh, he hits him, and uh, and then he's like, oh I shouldn't have done that, and then runs away. And then uh, of of course there's like you know three or four of them chasing after him now, like as he's left the church. And then all of a sudden two other people show up and they start throwing like Molotov cocktails at the uh, the infected and uh, catch them on fire. And then they like they've got this gas station rigged up, I guess, to where like they can. They set something off and it basically just blows the whole fucking thing up. Once again, another cool, well done scene. Oh yeah. Of you know that the, wide shot the, of the yeah. gas station just blowing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, although it's probably overkill, you know, <laughs> to, just to kill like a few of these things, you know. But whatever. And uh, it's all, not going to attract more. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> and it's not also not going to burn London to the ground. Because there's no <laughs> there's no one there to take care of it anymore. So then right after this, uh, you realize that it's two characters named Selena and Mark, and they take them to like their little hideout. They have like a little like uh, I guess it's like a candy machine room or something that like has like like in a subway or transit station that has like a pull down gate. So that, I guess they've mm. been hanging out in there and just eating out of the machines or whatever. Um, they take him there and they kind of catch him up on what's been happening. Like you know, yeah, this virus as soon as you know as soon as you get any blood or saliva on you you've got it and you're fucked you know like you have like what they say like 10 to 20 seconds to kill you mm-hmm. once you get I mean, it i guess it's it, got to get into something right like your eye nose mouth or open wound or something like it yeah and like i said before like the whole it seems like their whole purpose of life wants to get this is just to give it to someone else like they're not they're not trying to eat you know like your normal yeah, zombie yeah. <laughs> they're not trying to eat you or anything it's just like they just want you to have it you know so <laughs> they're just they run after you and they come at you trying to give you this shit um, I think I read somewhere that like the the, the whole rage thing was kind of based off of uh, Ebola, oh, just okay. like the ease of transfer. Mm-hmm. Well, I can see that, you know, like it's comparable, you know, into what I know about it, you know. But just how fast is it, it, I think is one of the creepier aspects of the film, you know, and and in the way they go about it, like man, like you ain't got no time to fucking deal with it, you know. <laughs> There's no goodbyes or anything. Like as soon as you get it, man, you're 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 toast, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's not like the zombie virus where it's, you know, you never know, depending on the movie and everything, it could be you get bit hours later or it could be days later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you get bit or uh, whatever, you know, you're infected. And uh, it generally, like, right, like, I know at least in The Walking Dead, it's like you, you get something and you basically die from the infection and mm-hmm. then you're reanimated. There's no yeah. real explanation as to how this is happening, right? Just that. You know, now this shit's in the air, and uh, <laughs> if you die, you're going to come back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Wait, are you talking about this movie or The Walking Dead? Days Walk- later. No, no, in The Walking Dead. Oh, in The Walking Dead? Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah, no explanation. Yeah, like, in the air, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, you die, you're coming back. You know, and yeah. everybody's yeah. affected. Unless they take yeah. out your brain or something, they're com- you're coming back. So what I mean, like, comparing it to this, this is uh, much more, this is hor- more horrible, in my opinion. Because you got no time right. to act, like, you get it, you're fucked. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's happening within seconds, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, they kind of catch him up to what's going on here in like the world. And they said, like, uh, yeah, you're, uh, my parents are dead, you know, so are yours. They said, well, I want to go find them. So the next day they head out to find Jim's parents. And of course, they go to uh, their house and they find them, but they, they go upstairs and he finds them dead and they're holding on to a picture of him, you know, when he's like a boy. And it says something on the back, like, uh, we left you sleeping. Now we're going to join you, and, and uh, we're going to sleep with you. Um, 
uh, don't wake up. Don't wake up. <laughs> Which yeah. is a pretty fucked up message. To, you know, that yeah. your kid eventually finds this. Like, damn. <laughs> Who are you writing that for? I know. That's what I'm thinking, too. Like, why, <laughs> like how if he finds this, he's going to be fucked. You know, he's like, oh, my God, this is, this is horrible. I, you should have just not even left a note, you know. You're right, but I <laughs> guess it's like, I, I guess it's just like, just in case he does wake up and he comes and looks for us. Let's leave. <laughs> let's leave him with this haunting message. <laughs> to go with our rotting faces. Yeah. <laughs> Finding us dead and pretty much naked in the bed isn't bad enough. Here's a note. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So there's that. <laughs> um, hold on. I kind of lost. My now mind. what you didn't see is at the bottom of that note. By the way, cover up your piece. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see, that's the real thing. Like, whenever you woke up in the hospital, the first thing I would think of when I if I woke up in that situation is, why am I naked? <laughs> if I didn't go to bed like this, going to come, whatever happened to me? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I guess you could explain it if you're going to go this deep. Uh, <laughs> when you're in when you're in a hospital, right? You're usually naked, wearing a gown, right? I mean, if you're having certain most procedures, right? <laughs> So, you know, maybe it's to, it's to reason that, like, he kicked his gown off or something, you know. And yeah. then by the time we catch up to him, we get the pleasure of seeing him full hog, you know. So, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Meanwhile, for our U.K. friends, is this what is normal there in the hospitals? Like, <laughs> you just lay gownless, butt naked in the hospital beds? <laughs> Send us your comments and questions to allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. <laughs> No pictures, please. No pictures. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> Here's what happened when I was in me bed in Manchester. I don't know why I went full leprechaun And we just there. lost all... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just lost. they talk like pirates. We just lost all two of our <laughs> listeners in the UK. My bad. Oh, you're <laughs> fucking Yankee bastards. We're <laughs> just a bunch of Yankee bastards now. <laughs> I'm just trying to sound like one of those soldiers where he's like, did you see that? Fucking hell. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to go like full uh, cockney accent? You know? Yeah, yeah. We're a full native. Uh, sorry to the ones I've offended in the United Kingdom. We en- <laughs> we enjoy you, uh, you there in the European Union and the ones that aren't. Uh, <laughs> peace and love, peace and love. So yeah, so like they find, he finds his parents dead with a picture of him as a boy and in this dire fucking fucked up world. Uh, so they decide to spend the night there after this. <laughs> like, well, it's it's too, it's too late to go back to the uh, the eating hole, so we're gonna stay here for the night. And then there, he's having like this, like they're asleep. The other, you know, uh, Mark and Selena, they're asleep, and he's kind of standing there, like in the kitchen, looking at pictures and like reminiscing about his parents. He's having like a little flashback scene of like him drinking all the orange juice and with his mom and dad there in the kitchen and then just it's quiet and you're you're kind of in that moment and all of a sudden just like two or three of the infected just bust in from everywhere like one jumps from the ceiling another one busts through the window like they're all over him just like that then during this melee uh the guy mark he's cut like on the arm during this and he has just like that moment of oh fuck oh fuck uh, then Selena comes with a machete and fucking like cuts his arm off and then kills his ass. I'm thinking at first like he's just gonna cut her. She's just gonna cut his yeah. arm off oh, to yeah. help you know <laughs> spread the. No, no, she fucking hacked his shit to death. Cold. Yeah. Blood. And she's like basically like, yeah just no. She's like I've seen Day of the Dead. This shit ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Cutting your arm off ain't gonna happen. <laughs> I just happened to watch the Return of the Living Dead before this, and I know they're gonna come running at me. <laughs> and then she looks at. 
Jim and says, like, yeah, but I, I just killed his ass cold-blooded, and if it happens to you, I'll kill you too. So she's, like you said, cold-blooded. So then they, they leave, and, they're, you know, they're kind of talking back and forth about all this, and they're on their uh, way to wherever the fuck they're going to next, and then they see some Christmas lights on, a uh, like, an apartment tower, you know, like one of those, like, 20-story apartment towers. They see some Christmas lights blinking off in the distance. So they, de- they decide to go over there and check it out. Um, they get there, and there's a bunch of uh, shopping carts, like, stuffed in the, uh, the stairwell, uh, I guess, to kind of, you know, keep people out or whatever. So they easily climb up and over them. And <laughs> <laughs> You'd think it'd be a bigger pain in the ass than it was, but no, no, just climb right over it. It uh, seems like it's probably more of a pain in the ass for whoever put all of them there. Yeah, exactly, because <laughs> they climb, like, right over it like it's nothing, and then some infected show up and climb right over it like it's nothing. So, like, I don't know what the fuck this was uh, intended to do, but it didn't do its job. Um, it takes absolutely no brain power. Yeah. <laughs> you can literally be on a rage virus where you're basically a zombie and still get over this shit. So then they uh, easily climb over this, and they're chasing them up the stairs. And then this is when you're introduced to uh, Frank and Hannah. It's a... a father and daughter who have hold themselves up uh you know up in the top of this tower or you know high up in the tower and they're living there frank kind of like he's got like a, a police riot gear on which you know could be another nod from the walking dead right the riot gear and all that mm-hmm. shit you know could be another connection it also kind of reminded me of dawn of the dead a bit too remember the, yeah. the very beginning of the original dawn of the dead when they go in with the gas mask the tear gas they're running the people out of the building or trying to yeah, you're right. Uh, the very opening of that movie kind of reminded me a little bit of that. There, I mean, these can't be just completely coincidental, right? There has to be some mm. connection to these type of nods, right, from Danny yeah, Boyle. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. So that you're introduced to them, like, they're in their house. It's kind of an awkward situation, but they're nice, you know. They're they're all on the up and up. They're not, like, super creepy, ready-to-eat-you kind of people. So everything's good. So they decide to stay the night, and then they get up the next morning, they're having the conversation. They realize, like, look, we just can't sustain life here. Like, we can't get any water. It hasn't rained in 10 days. Uh, so they decide, uh, or uh, they're talking about this, and then uh, Frank plays a, a, a recorded message that's on, like, the radio. It's just being broadcast from somewhere, saying, like, uh, if you come here, there's the answer to the uh, infection is here. It's, like, 27 miles away or something like that. So they then decide, like, all right, fuck it, let's go to where this is and uh, see if this is going to help any. No, 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 that that scene right there where they're talking about like taking off and they're standing out uh, on the balcony of that, uh, that apartment. Uh, I did read that, uh, that, that scene was taped on, uh, September 11th, 2001, which obviously is the same day as, uh, you know, the attacks on mm-hmm. the twin towers and all that stuff. And, and I think I, I'd read where they were saying it was a little awkward taping that, on such a like a sad day, and you know they're excited, and it's uh they're on a tower too, you know. So like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it yeah. has to have a weird feeling to it, knowing what the fuck was going on in the world at the moment. So then they uh they, I guess like they establish he's like a the dad Frank, he's like a taxi driver, I guess, or either that or they just happen to have a taxi. Um, yeah. or it was one they had stolen or something, <laughs> or what you know commandeered or whatever. Yeah, after the thing went down or something. So yeah, they just, yeah, yeah. They, I guess they never would say whether he was a taxi driver or what. I kind of, I kind of take it like he might have been. Yeah, but yeah, because he doesn't he say something about the meter. Like yeah, he, yeah, like, yeah. When they get in the car and they're heading out, and he's you know, so you can probably starting the meter. So. so you can probably logically take that leap, but they didn't come right out and said, "Look, listen, I am a yeah. taxi driver. Here's what." <laughs> doesn't matter. Regardless, <laughs> they're in the taxi. Yeah, <laughs> and they're driving through London and everything, and then they decide instead of like going around, they're going to go down in this tunnel. 
to get to the other side to go to you know to Manchester or wherever it is they're going. So uh, they he just puts the pedal to the metal and drives through there, you know, kind of goes through the maze and then puts the uh, you know as fast as he can. He he uses these cars that are in a perfect ramp situation <laughs> and drives <laughs> over these cars and uh, to get to the other side. But of course he they get a flat in this in in uh, in the meantime. So they have to stop and get out and fix the flat. And, of course, all of a sudden, like, you know, 15, 20 infected start running down the tunnel to get to them. But they, uh, but of all the people, the little girl manages to change the tire like fucking NASCAR pit crew speeds. <laughs> well, <laughs> she, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, they can't jack it up, so what do they do? They pull, they pick Let's it up. <laughs> lifted up themselves. Now it's it's unlikely <laughs> it's somewhat unlikely, right? But you know, in this adrenaline fueled moment, I could see three people being able to pick it up. You know, pick a car up long enough to fix it, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> the whole the whole scene's a little a little much, I guess. You know, <laughs> not only them being able to pick the car up, but them holding it up long enough for a teenage girl to fix the fucking tire. <laughs> unlikely, but here we are. Yeah. Also, I read that uh, I think they I think they probably felt that they were committed to this scene because apparently it took two days to shoot that whole scene. Damn. <laughs> well, I mean, like you know, probably just uh, having to set it up, you know, all those cars and yeah. shit in a in in some pipe some type of uh, <clears throat> tunnel. I'm sure that wasn't a small feat for sure. So they managed to fix the flat right before the infected get there. So they fix it, drop it. They all get in and get away before any of them actually get, you know, they jump on the car, but, you know, just in the nick of time. So uh, they go along, and then they see a grocery store, and this is what we referred to earlier. They find this grocery store that hasn't been touched at all. Pristine, you know, hasn't been picked over, got everything in it, grocery store. And they go in there and just, like, have, like, a little, it's like a little fun kind of shopping spree type of moment where they're all picking shit out, and there's wacky music playing you know <laughs> that 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 also reminded me actually there's two scenes back to back that that i don't know if they if they were intentional but kind of reminded me of other zombie war or related movies was the tunnel scene kind of reminded me of the stand when they have to go through mm-hmm. the tunnel lincoln tunnel i think it is right yeah and it's, it's got that tense moment of you know stuff's gonna happen in the tunnel and you know it is and it does so and then uh then this, this this supermarket scene reminded me a little bit of Dawn of the Dead when they're in the mall. And there's a lot of scenes in Dawn of the Dead where they go and kind of, you know, loot whatever they need to get. But there's one in particular where they're going and running through and getting, you know, he picks up the bread. Oh, he gets this one, he gets that. And then he, like, at the end of the scene, he, like, throws the money out of the counter or whatever. you know. And then at the end of the scene, he puts his credit card there and just leaves it on the counter. Yeah. Walk out. <laughs> <laughs> I think what the, the other thing, too, about that scene before we move on is, like, they're being rather selective. You know, somewhat. I, I guess you'd have to be for room wise. I guess, right? You don't want to take everything, but like, dude, yeah. I'd be like, oh, I'd yeah, grab the, the cart and just fucking run much. down and like just <laughs> throw everything in there. Like, we'll sort it out later. Fuck, grab everything. <laughs> no, they're like looking at the labels. Hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, they do that and then they they take out. So it's kind of a fun uh, little scene. Uh, eventually, they come across like they're about to run out of gas, so they come across a, uh, a gas truck in the way. So they stop uh, and siphon some gas out. And uh, Jim, there's like a little building or a gas station or a garage or something nearby. Jim decides to go in there and he's looking around for some reason. Then like uh, he sees like a couple of dead bodies and then uh, an infected boy, probably what eight, nine, ten year old boy, jumps out and uh, he kills the boy. 
and then he comes out like, did you find anything? Nope. You know, so clearly like this is like a, you know, one of those fucked up kind of, uh, you know, he's kind of losing his grip a little bit scenes. So then there's this scene where they, they stop on the side of the road and have a picnic and uh, they see some wild horses running around. So <laughs> I guess it's just one of those character building. Uh, this kind of, this section of the movie to me is kind of like, it's not entirely necessary. Kind of slows things down a little bit, but I guess it's like character building kind of thing, right? So let's mm. put this in here to kind of slow it down a little bit and get you ready for what's coming. They're uh, becoming a family. Yes. <laughs> um, and then uh, they decide to camp out there and like they're having trouble sleeping. So, uh, uh, Selena gives, uh, Jim and, uh, some sleeping pills and then they give, uh, like a half of one to Hannah or whatever. So, so then, then there's like this whole scene where, like, you know, during all this where Jim's having a bad dream, you know, and, uh, everything. So eventually they, they wake up the next morning and they take off. And as they're traveling to where they're going, that they, you can see, this is what I referred to earlier. You can see Manchester in the distance burning, like. They mentioned like, damn, there's no one there to stop it. And then it kind of slowly pans up and you can see it in the distance where like an entire city's on fire. Um, another one of those cool, well done scenes. They eventually reach the blockade that they've been looking for and they're like, they don't see anybody there. So Frank's kind of pissed at this and uh, he kind of goes over to his own, you know, kind of on the side to kind of pout about it, I guess, for, you know, for a little bit. And he sees a body like up on top of a car or a truck or something and there's a crow picking at it so he goes over to say like fuck off you know leave the body alone and then a single basically a single drop of blood drops perfectly right in frank's eye and this is a cool shot you know like it's almost like mm -hmm. a camera shot inside the blood drop falling straight down into his eye and of course he's instantly infected like he has just enough time to tell his daughter that he loves her right before he starts to snap and uh jim's uh jim's got the bat and he's coming toward him like he's about to kill him and then all of a sudden he gets shot like 10 15 times by some soldiers so they drop him on the spot. And this is where you're introduced to like this this uh army outfit with uh Major West, which is Christopher Eccleston's character. They take they take them all back to like their little base, you know, which is ten or fifteen minutes down the road. West shows Jim around and uh shows him that they keep an infect like one of his soldiers got infected, so they keep him in the back to kind of observe him. Say, like what did he say? Like he wanted to see if, how long it takes him to starve to death. Mm. So, and then here's another correlation with another movie, Day of the Dead. Like this straight up screen, Day of the Dead to me. The military style installation, even though they, you know, they had doctors, they had other scientists and things in there in Day of the Dead. But the military was like one of the prime parts of that. And then they have Bub, you know, chained up because mm -hmm. they were doing experiments on Bub to try and figure out what makes him tick, kind of or what makes, you know, just trying to get what's going on with the zombie virus, see what they can learn from him. So that, that right there, like, definitely reminded me of Day of the Dead. And, you know, that kind of thing would make sense, but it's just the, the crazy, mm -hmm. you, you get the crazy uh, vibe from these dudes, mm -hmm. like, right out the gate, pretty much, you know. <laughs> when you see this, you're like, all right, well, there's something off here, automatically. Um, so then they have, like, this, uh, they have, like, this dinner feast where they're kind of dressed up a little bit, and, like, there's this awkward, weird, weirdness about it. And uh, they're just talking, you know, junk and stuff, you know. And then all of a sudden the alarms go off because some infected have, like, come into the perimeter. So all the soldiers grab their shit and they go down there and they just start laying waste to them, like shooting them. And there's, like, some landmines out there and I think blows one of them up or something. So then they, w once they've done this, they come back in and one of the soldiers grabs a hold of Selena like he's, you know, I'm about to take take a hold of her and rape her kind of thing. And Jim, Jim comes up and they kind of have a little fight, but it's broke up by... West and then West takes Jim into the next room or whatever and tells him that basically he's promised 
all of his men that he's going to give them women. Um, so then Jim, Jim runs out, tries to grab a hold of Selena and Hannah. Of course, they knock the shit out of them, and then now you realize that they, they've got, you know, bad intentions here. They they basically want the women for themselves, just to rape and pillage as they see fit. <laughs> um, and I guess start over, right? Because that was one of the things they were kind of mentioning, even though they kind of glossed over, they didn't really mention it that. Yeah, I guess he's kind of like, yeah, you know, our one charge is to kind of start things over, but yeah, yeah, repopulation, so to speak, but I think it was a little bit more nefarious than that, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, definitely. They just wanted to have a couple chicks that they could uh, just do whatever they wanted to with, you know, at any time. Um, So then they locked Jim up. There's one soldier that kind of has his head on his shoulders, so like, a little bit, like, he's still acting kind of fucking like he's lost his rocker a little bit, too, but... He see he's I guess he's got better morals, you know. He still has his morality left, so he kind of stood up for him, like, no, you're not doing this, no, you know, fuck you. They beat the shit out of him and lock him up too. So Jim's locked up with him, and you know they're kind of having a conversation. Then they eventually come and they take them both, Jim and the soldier. They take them both, like you know, out in the woods somewhere, and they're about to execute them. They do manage to execute the soldier. They kill him. But then, uh, kind of in the melee, Jim is able to run away. As running away, he falls over in the woods and looks up and he sees like a jet or a plane. I'm assuming it's like a jet, right? Like flying mm-hmm. very high up in the sky. You know how yeah, you see like him the with contrails the contrails? Yeah, with the contrails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like he's way up there and he's like, huh? You know. So then, like back at the house, the, uh, a couple of the soldiers are in there with uh, Hannah and Selena. Like uh, the major says, you need to get, you know, you need to be all properly dressed. So like. They're going to force them to strip and put, like, you know, some nice dresses on or whatever. And then Selena kind of takes charge of the situation and says, uh, uh, leave us alone in here. I'll help her get ready. Then when they leave, she tries to uh, give Hannah some drugs. So basically, you know, that she's kind of out of it as this is going to happen. So basically, like, you know, you won't fight back, kind of let it happen, but you won't know what's going on kind of thing. But they come in and kind of stop her from doing it. Or I guess maybe they didn't. I don't know. I guess she... She does take the drugs. I, I'm not sure if she does, took them right there or later. I, I don't know if they thought that they were going to, like, committing suicide or something. <laughs> the soldiers, I don't know if they yeah, thought yeah. that's what they were doing. But, taking the pills. But at, right after this, Hannah does kind of get high. So, like, is this the moment that she takes them, or is it, like, a little bit later on? I just missed that. I, think, I, I guess she did. Yeah, I, guess, I, I take it to where the soldiers came in there, and maybe she'd already ingested yeah, one or something. she'd already got it in, yeah. So then, uh, right, at that, right at that same moment... Um, an alarm goes off back at the, uh, you know, the, 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 the original blockade, the thing that brought them there. Uh, it turns out it's Jim, like, you know, turning the, cranking the alarm there at the blockade to bring them out. So uh, Wes takes, you know, a couple of them out there. Jim manages to, like, fucking Rambo. <laughs> he turns into Rambo all of a sudden, and he's taking out these soldiers, like, one by one. He takes out one of them, eventually six some of the infected on West, and then West runs away. Uh, in the rain, like it's at, by this point now, like it's pouring down rain too. I should mention, like there's a storm then came in, um, so it's pouring down rain, like pretty much from here to the rest of the movie. Jim comes back to the house, and then uh, goes in and and uh, lets that infected soldier that they had for observation, he lets him loose. So now this dude's loose in the house. So now Hannah is drugged and like she's sitting there like under guard from a couple of the soldiers, and she's just talking straight shit like. We're going to die. You're going to die next. You know, <laughs> she just doesn't care. So she's just talking shit. So then right at that moment, the infected soldier that they let loose, that Jim let loose, bust uh, in 
and uh, then the girls manage to run away. And of course, that one infects another soldier. So now you got like two or three of these guys running around infected inside the house. Then eventually, Jim killed. Like, there's like one soldier that's kind of a, uh, a goofy, cowardly kind of dude. Uh, that dude runs in, and Jim manages to kill him with the bayonet. Like, he stabs him and then, like, leaves the gun hanging in him as he falls over with the bayonet sticking in his chest. There's eventually a scene where, like, Hannah is uh, hiding behind a mirror. Like, the infected dude, one of the infected soldiers runs in. And she's hiding perfectly behind the mirror, and the guy's kind of like staring at the mirror at himself. And uh, but he he runs away, so she manages to dodge uh, him. Jim finds Selena uh, with the soldier. Like one soldier, like won't give her up. Like he's he's obsessed with her with Selena, so he's kind of staying on her. Jim finds him with her, and then uh, he attacks the dude, and then like fucking just pummels him, and then gets him down on the ground, and like gouges his eyes out with his thumbs. Like pretty brutal little scene right so selena grabs a hold of the machete which is like laying on the bed and like she's about to uh get jim because she thinks he's infected you know like the way he was acting but then she stops short and realizes like no he's not infected he's just you know fucking snapped and uh, did what he needed to do so then uh right at that moment like they're kind of having a nice little moment then hannah runs in and like busts like a glass vase over jim's head or something because she thinks <laughs> he's she infected. Thought he was infected too much. yeah yeah <laughs> they leave the building and then they get out to the car they open up the taxi and then west is sitting in the car and he says something like you killed my boys or something like that and then shoots jim uh then hannah jumps in or she's already in the car like about to drive when that happens so she just drives off with west and then backs back into the house like through the front door and then <laughs> the infected dude right on time grabs like busts out the back windshield and grabs west out and drags him back into the house as she drives away so very well timed uh on hannah's part um so then they go in there of course and you know they fuck west up he's he's done the front gates are locked so they just drive straight through them and then there's like a freeze frame like it's he's like drive through them and as soon as she drives through it it freezes then you see the words 28 days later on the screen jim wakes up again at least this time he's not full uh nude again um <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Selena's like sitting in the, in the room, next room, like sewing some sheets together. And then as it turns out, like, uh, all three of them are like laying out these sheets and it says the word hello. And then a jet screams by and sees this. And then the end, that's the credits. Now, did you watch it all the way to the end though? Yes. Uh, post credits. Nah, I didn't watch it all, this time all the way to the end. All right. So post credits, uh, it comes <laughs> up and it says, what if like dot, 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 what if? Uh, basically it takes you right back to that scene after like they've dealt with West and they take off, right? They take Jim to a hospital where they're trying to, uh, you know, where he's been shot. Um, they try everything they can and then Jim dies on the table. And then Hannah says to Selena, what are we going to do now? And Selena says, we live. And then they walk out and the doors close the end. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the, uh, that was the, the more depressing ending. Right? Yeah, so you've got the extremely happy, hey, they made it out and there's, someone came to save them. And then there's the, fuck, that was dark and bleak. Dark. Uh, and I, was it like that originally? I don't know. I don't remember. the. See, I mean, I guess what happened is they, they shot it both ways and then went with the happy ending to be the prime ending, I guess. And then the, you know, what if world but a lot of times I've seen that you know, with other movies on a special feature, they'll have a certain, they'll have an ending shot one way, and for whatever reason, whether it be a test audience or the distributor, producer, whatever, they change it, and so then they'll have the alternate ending as a special feature. Yeah. So this way, they kind of like incorporated both endings in the movie, which is pretty cool. Now I'm going to read this straight off Wikipedia. Um, 
the DVD extras include three alternative endings, all of which conclude with Jim dying. <laughs> Two were filmed, while the third, a more radical departure, was presented only in storyboards. The U.S. cinematic release, which is here in the United States in the theaters, included one of the alternative endings after the film's credits in response to intense online debates over whether or not it was a more appropriate conclusion than the official ending. One of the alternate endings was also added in the after for the credits and airings from Sky Movies, so I guess that's in the UK or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I have to go back and check out the D I've got the DVD, I didn't watch all that, but I guess I need to go back and see what the other uh, alternative endings were. But they were apparently they were all di more dire than the... Uh, the actual Even ending. Than the other one. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I guess that's it for uh, 28 days later. Uh, Will, where's what's your star rating on this one? Uh, I, I enjoyed it. You know, like uh, I liked it the first time I saw it. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with about uh, about three and three quarters. Solid, uh, Professor. Where are you at? Uh, I'm on. Like I said, uh, you know, like like I mentioned before, when we were watching it and how like, what my wife said struck me as sort of a you know, yeah, it's true. It's, if I had seen this back then, I would have been more apt to like it better, as you know, like, like what you said. And then going back and watching it, it did. It, I love the movie. I still do. It just didn't quite have the same impact as it had, of course, first watching it or the second or third times watching because of everything that's come out since then. Doesn't change my uh, star rating of this movie though, because uh, still love it. But I, I'm pretty much right there where. Uh, Will is with the three and three quarter stars. Although maybe, you know, back when I first saw this movie in theaters the first time or even on video when it came out, I might have been more apt to give it a four star back then. Yeah. I'm probably about the same. I think I'll just keep it uh, the same across the board and go with you guys with three and three quarters. Um, very well done. Uh, well shot, well edited. Sound uh, Soundtrack is awesome. Um, the acting is good. I mean, it's... Uh, it, do, it doesn't get much better as far as this, this genre of the horror movie. You'd be hard-pressed to find many that are uh, done this well and, and, and have such a high pedigree, you know, with uh, you know a couple of the actors, but also with Danny Boyle directing it. Um, not many, you know, have that kind of clout, you know, in the horror genre. But yeah, I, I've seen this a number of times, you know, and I've enjoyed it pretty much every time I've seen it. It's not something you want to watch all the time, obviously. This isn't like a... Mm a rewatch like every year kind of movie, but you know, maybe every few years or so and you're, when you're hankering, you plug it in, you'll enjoy it, you know? So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think we're all in agreement here is solid, you know, at three and three quarter stars. All right. So coming up next on the next episode of the all American spook show podcast, we are going to be watching one of our favorites from 1987, the monster squad, definitely uh far less dire than what we just watched. So, <laughs> the, <laughs> <laughs> this lands more on the uh, leprechaun side of things, you know, uh, <laughs> as far as um, uh, topics of movies are concerned. The IMDb synopsis on this on this movie is brief, but it, it, it tells you all you need to know. A young group of monster fanatics attempt to save their hometown from Count Dracula and his monsters. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like this movie came out in August of 87, so I was uh, I just turned seven years old myself. So, like, this movie was right in my wheelhouse, you know, when it... When it came out, and like you know, I probably saw it, you know, sometime after. I don't think I saw this at the movie theater, but I probably saw it within the next year or two after that. Like, I always thought it was cool that, uh, um, you know, it had all the monsters in it. You know, like all the classic 
Frankenstein and Dracula and the mummy and all that. Although they're different from like, you know, the regular universal classic monsters, but it's still mm -hmm. close enough to where it's like, oh man, this is cool, you know. Uh, oh yeah. And it has that Goonies feel to it, you know, so. Yep, definitely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's what we're going to be watching uh, on the next episode, which will be, uh, I believe, episode 28. If I'm not mistaken. 28 episodes later? Oh, shit. Yeah. We missed the opportunity to 20 <laughs> episodes later. Damn. <laughs> We're one shy. Yeah, so episode 28 will be the Monster Squad. So uh, I guess if that's all, we got all for the for uh, 28 days later. And uh, stick with us for next time for the Monster Squad. And uh, make sure everybody here in the U.S. and all around the world, I hope you stay safe and listen to, uh, like they always say, listen to the science. Listen to what the people are telling you about this uh virus pandemic that's uh you know affecting pretty much everybody in the world so um hopefully you stay safe out there you know hey stay at home we got plenty of episodes for you to kick back and go watch the movies and listen to the podcast so there's no shortage of things to do so just stay at home listen to the podcast go watch these movies and uh you know just have a good time, you know, and try to enjoy it as best you can. So I guess for uh, Will and for the Professor Smoke, I'm Josh, and we are the All-American Spook Show Podcast, and we will see you next time, guys. We hope you enjoyed the show. Come back next time for an all-new All-American Spook Show Podcast. <laughs>